Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today. Mike Walls, former Pro Bowl offensive lineman in the NFL, played 11 seasons for the Packers, the Panthers, the Seahawks. He's a skill development specialist now, founder of ProcessToPerform.com, host of the On My Block podcast with former Packers great Amon Green. You can find him on Twitter at MikeWall68. He's our wall of truth. He's joined us all through the season. I don't know, Mike, I, I tell you, as great as that nightcap was, KC outlast in Cincinnati there, 23-20, and as good as Mahomes was, I thought it was I thought it was Cincinnati's inability to block Chris Jones there, especially at the key time that cost the Bengals the most. How, how about that game, Mike, and, uh, and thanks for joining us, brother. Yeah, what's going on, guys? I couldn't agree with you more. Chris Jones was absolutely dominant, really, from the first series on uh, in that football game. You talk, It's almost like I'm an offensive lineman. It's almost like I, I was rooting for the Bengals, but I'm kind of happy they lost. I'm happy they in the way that they did and Chris, because Chris Jones dominated. Proves to maybe, hopefully, proves to the, the, the NFL fan community that offensive line play actually matters. And if you don't have a great offensive line, yeah. Man, you are going to be in some serious trouble because there are some bad men out there like Chris Jones. And not only the sacks, but he put his stamp all over this game. Tackles for loss, pressures, just just being in Burrow's face. What a what a dominant performance by that guy. Yeah, there's, there's a lot to, to break down, I think, for, for each of these teams. But I, I do want to get your thoughts on San Francisco. I know they lost. Um, mm-hmm. But but the way it happened, and, and obviously there with the injury to Purdy, what do you think their quarterback clarity is? I mean, does that complicate it at all? Is is that actually more of a feather in Brock Purdy's cap that they looked as bad as they did when he left the game and couldn't throw? Like, how would you just evaluate how Kyle Shanahan should view that position? And then, of course, Trey Lance. Like, how do you begin to make that decision? Yeah, that's a great question. So, and there's only a question there, in my opinion, because they they gave so much up for Trey Lance. Brock Purdy's proven that he's a winner. This game, I don't know if this – it's tough to say that because Brock Purdy was out and they played poorly, that's going to cement anything because they were literally on a guy. I think he'd gotten two snaps for the entire season. Um, He certainly wasn't going in there getting any reps during the the course of the entire season with San Francisco 49 first-team offense. So they were going to play poorly. They're on their fourth quarterback, and then he gets a concussion. So – you, you can imagine that was going to be a pretty difficult task to overcome given the Eagles, I think, the number two defense in the entire league. If I was going in the offseason, I think if Brock Purdy comes out and wins this game and he plays really well, he probably cements there's no doubt in anybody's mind that he's the first team starter going in. They're going to probably trade Trey Lance to another team that's looking for a quarterback because Trey Lance is probably going to have a bright future in this league. It just might not be the San Francisco 49ers. If, if it's me right now, 
Um, I'm more along the lines of like a John Schneider, Pete Carroll type who I might pay a ton of money for Matt Flynn, but then if I got a third rounder who comes in and outplays him, I'm just going to dump the guy and, and, and cast him off somewhere else. I think Brock Purdy's earned the starting job in the way he's play, played and performed for the San Francisco 49ers. They're a better offensive football team than he's on the field. I don't know if you have a – if you have a window as, as small as the Niners do as far as the talent that's already in the room, guys like Trent Williams are getting older, they have a chance to win the Super Bowl next season with Brock Purdy. Do they have the same chance with Trey Lance or Jim Garoppolo? I don't think so. All right, school me, Mike. This is why I come to you. I've been, I've been struggling with this one because I see one of the most complete teams in the NFL. When I, I look at the Philadelphia Eagles, you know, Jalen Hurts has got the weapons. They've got the run game. How, how much credit should I be giving Nick Sirianni? All of it. I think you should give Nick Sirianni all the credit. I, I, you know, he, he failed in his first press conference, and I think ever since then he's won everything. Like he, he's just done yeah. such a great job. The culture that they have, that building, the way you can tell so much by the way that a coach interacts with their players on the sidelines when things go good and poor, you know, when things are going well and things are going poorly. And that guy's just—he's all about it, and he's all about Philly. He's all about that life. He's all about that fan base. He's all about that confrontational kind of attitude and demeanor. I love everything that guy's doing, man. I, I, a good friend of mine, Ted Rath, is the performance director, and um, it, he just couldn't speak higher about the culture in that building. And that really goes a long way with me because I have a lot of respect for that guy in particular. But you can just see it on the field, the way they play, the way they prepare. They've done a great – both did a great job of, of putting together this team. Make no mistake about it. They are talented. But, like, Jeff Stoutland, that coach – I mean, Nick Sirianni and his staff, I should say – it's not a coincidence that they're, they're playing at such a high level in all these different phases of the game. In terms of, you know, the Super Bowl matchup here, um, how much of, of – because I don't think we got Jalen Hurts' best game by any stretch of the imagination or that Philly offense's best game yesterday. But I guess the challenge is how much of it is fundamentally about Philly, how much of that was about an unbelievable San Francisco 49ers defense that did just about everything they could do before, you know, Josh Johnson started turning the ball all over the place. So how, how do you sort of extrapolate – those lulls that Philly went on, and, and and is that about Philly structurally? Are they are they just prone to that, or was it more about San I'm just trying to you know in terms of this matchup, mm-hmm. you know, in two weeks, what what would you make of that? Well, I think that turnover in the second quarter was a big deal, no question about it. And they went up, they went up, I think two touchdowns at that point. But San Francisco is the best defense in the in the, in the league, and, and they're when I say the best defense in the league, not statistically, but like they're the baddest dudes on the planet right now as far as defenses go. And if you watch the, particularly the interior offensive line battles for the Philadelphia Eagles versus the D tackles for the, I mean, Kinlaw, the first round draft pick from last year, got ragdolled yesterday. He's not going to want to watch that tape. He'll probably not watch it because they have a long off season now, but he probably won't watch that tape because the things that Kelsey and company did, did to him moving him off the ball, um, they're just, they're at a different level, I think, up front from an offensive line standpoint. And yeah, I mean, obviously sometimes, you have so many kind of uh, tools in your tool set when you're in the Philadelphia Eagles. There's so many things you can do that maybe you overcomplicate things as far as, you know, I, I honestly think after watching the tape again, they could have run the ball downhill pretty much all day, thrown a, you know, have Jalen Hurts hold it a couple times, throw a couple pass to A.J. Brown, and they're going to score. But let's not forget, they did score 31 points on the number one defensive league, you know, this season. And, and 31 points regardless. I think – I want to say the Niners were giving up like 14 or 16 points during the season. And they just gave up 31. I know there's turnovers involved and everything, but let's 
let's give them credit where credit is due. Man, they, they they played pretty well. All right, how does that how does that Philly D? What was it? Seventy sacks during the regular season, Mike. How does it match up against that Kansas City offense in your mind? What are you looking at first? If we're breaking it down a little early here. Well, the, when we went in, when we talked about the Bengals versus the Chiefs, I think that you know the big question mark was is Patrick Mahomes going to be able to be mobile enough to get away from those guys, yep. and and he was, um, because I don't particularly, I didn't particularly think that that the tackles for the Chiefs are going to be able to hold up against the, the defensive ends for the uh, the Bengals, and they had a lot of help and, and chips and whatnot from the outside, but they did Orlando Brown and I mean, they did Brian, they did they did a nice job. But the fact that uh, Patrick Mahomes was was mobile again completely changes the game. And I think all the narratives going into the last week with with who's better, Mahomes or Burrow, everything was like it's because Mahomes is hurt. And now that we know that he's not hurt and he can operate, I'm looking at I, first I'm looking at the Eagles' offensive line versus the Chiefs' defensive line of Chris Jones because I think that's going to be the, the real matchup to watch because of, I think that that's kind of the, the strong suit of the Philadelphia Eagles. But if I'm looking at the Eagles' defense right now and, and all those people that can that can attack you, whether it's Hassan Reddick, Hassan Reddick just just ruined the game yesterday. He ruined the game for, for the San Francisco 49ers. I mean, he, two plays in a row. I think that last one you could have called a strip sack on Johnson when he came first play when he came in. But the way that they attacked the line of scrimmage, I think the San Francisco, uh, excuse me, I think the uh, the Kansas City Chiefs are going to have a an advantage on the interior of the offensive line but I don't know that they're going to be able to capitalize on it because of the way that the Philadelphia Eagles are playing along the edge right now with Sweat and Hassan Reddick. I mean, and Brandon Graham. Next level, really, ability to attack the edges. So you're really limiting what they're able to do from as far as getting outside of the tackle box. I think it's going to be a really tough matchup. We're talking to Mike Wall, former uh, Pro Bowl NFL offensive lineman here on the show, joining us every single Monday. And then I, 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 I saw you mention this on Twitter. I mean, in terms of – you know, moving forward for the Cincinnati Bengals, you know, what can they do? What do they have to do around Joe? Because you clearly have, you know, a generational talent at quarterback, but it clearly feels like they, they have a lot more to do. What would sort of be your first order of business if you were in charge of the Bengals? I would just look at what Joe, what else can Joe add to the, or let me put that another way. So Joe can't beat Jalen Hurts, right? So you, I kind of look at the last four offenses that were in the, in, in the, in the playoffs. So you look at the Niners and the Chiefs, maybe take the Eagles out of it because just Joe Burrow's not that kind of quarterback. But you look at the Niners and Chiefs and you see how easy some plays are for them as far as, like the offensive line for the San Francisco 49ers has run plays that are almost like plays off just because they have a, they have a, a George Kittle and they have a use check and the way they use them and the way they can insert into different plays be, become not only a distraction but also part of the running game or the, or the blocking scheme in addition to uh, creating some eye discipline issues at the second level. The Bengals are basically line up, call a play, and let Joe Burrow work his magic. I mean, I'm oversimplifying it, but there's no, like, give me play. There's no give me plays with that offense. Everything's dropped back. He's always in the same spot. From an offensive line standpoint, they're not very well coached from a technical standpoint, but they're also put in difficult situations because Burrow's just kind of standing back there like a statue all the Tom Brady in the 2000s. And so – what can we do to make it – like, what can we do to get some gimme plays, make it a little bit easier, make it a little more consistent from an offensive standpoint that we're not relying on his greatness or the greatness of Jamar Chase or T. Higgins or these, you know, Tyler these guys, and just making this scheme and system have – give me some, like, go-to plays that I can get a second and six, I can get to second and five consistently without having to make Joe Burrow be this magic man. 
Yeah, uh, Mike, appreciate the time as always. Thank brother, you so week. much, brother. Thanks, bro. You got it. Thank you. Yep. He is Mike Wall. Joins us every single Monday here on the show. Yeah, I mean, it, it's obvious that uh, you got to address the line as, as much as you can. It's not that easy. Otherwise, everybody would do it. Mm-hmm. But I think that was that that was sort of what I thought going into this game that Andy Reid and Kansas City would be able to take advantage of a of a of a ravaged offensive line in a way that Buffalo simply could not. And maybe it was snow related, maybe it was Sean McDermott related. I don't know, Jason. I don't know. I'm never gonna know. But it happened, and I thought that was <clears throat> any quarterback. I mean, is, at some point, being as bad at an offensive line as it was is going to show up. That's like, exactly right. No matter how good the quarterback is, how fast he can get it out. That, and, and and guess what happens every time when a quarterback starts getting hit, his, his play drops. It just does. Yeah. And I thought Joe was as good as he could have. You could you could have reasonably asked him to be, <clears throat> you know, with that line. I mean, I think that's the the idea that they were in the AFC Championship game again. Uh, I, I'd say the same thing that I said about the quarterback situation for the Niners. At some point, it was going to catch up with them. Yep. And especially when you're going up against somebody that's as motivated Chris, as, as it seems Chris Jones was to be felt during that game, it was going to come back to haunt you. Uh, and, and, and it did. It did. In a big way. Bigly. Bigly. But, again, salute, man. Salute to the Bengals. I have no hate in my heart for Joe Burrow. That dude's a beast. Oh, his window's still open. Yes, it is. But I, I, I think a lot They're of— They're going to lose uh, Higgins. They're going to lose some of these receivers, though. I don't hit. know if it's Higgins this year. I think maybe he's a free agent. One of them is, Yeah, I think. Well, they're keeping Jamar. They're, Jamar's the one you keep, yeah. and the rest of them you, you yeah. build around that. T. Higgins a number one somewhere? I mean, he's got to be, right? You know who I, I was telling my son I would take as a number one that exactly. nobody talks enough about but I think it would be a beast? At one, I'm I'm listening. Brandon Ayuk. Yeah, oh, I agree. Give me him. Yeah, I'd make him the Bears one. That dude tough. Yeah, doesn't drop anything. Yeah, that's true. Brandon Ayuk's good. Catches it when people or guys are on him. Yeah, you know he. I mean, he's at this point he's more. Uh, he, it, it's controversial. And how, and how can they pay him? Right at, at some point that's got to come up. I don't know if he's on the list. For, I'd be looking at him if I was, you know, one of these teams. That, was it a mistake to pay Debo? Again, I don't think so. They're using him a little bit differently. They don't, get, you know, he doesn't get as many touches with McCaffrey there. That that's what's changed Debo a lot. Yeah, is the opportunity. Well, like they still paid him though, so it's like oh, they did. It's weird. And because of that, yeah. guys like Ayuk, you got to move on. Kittle's got his money, right? So. Didn't he get his money a while back or something? I want to say maybe maybe I could be I, wrong. I'll, on I'll that. ask his agent. But I think I think they got to lose Brandon. Yeah, I think you're right. Come on. Yeah, I see. I see a number one in that that young man. Um. Yeah, that he did get his money. He got paid this year. I thought so. Yeah, five years, seven years. They can't pay all those guys. No, they can't. McCaffrey's got a big contract. Yeah. Come on home, Ayuk. It's not home, but come on to the Bears. What about T. Higgins? T. Higgins is just, I mean, the same I told thing. You, you said T. I'd rather have Ayuk. Okay. Well, that's, that's what a, it made me that's think That's a of. huge mistake. I, huge. Is T. going to be out there for me as a number one every week? Or is he going to be hurt? I mean, he, he's. For five, four, five games of the year. I mean, come on, bro. You can't, you can't like. Brandon Ayuk stays out there. Yeah, as a number two, though. It's different when you get elevated to number one. Well, we got Chris Claypool and Mooney to play the two. Chase, bro. Chase, Chase Claypool. I don't need to learn his name yet. Oh, he's not. He's no, not I, on. I know his name. It was a misstep. He's he's not on first name. Oh, uh, he's, he's, he, we got swindled. He, he's a beast, Mike bro. Tomlin just swindled us for that. First pick of the second round for Chase Claypool. He was, a, he was really good his rookie year. Y'all, y'all traded for that man based on 2018 numbers. Weird. Weird, weird, yeah, weird. He's some slow. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. 
Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.